everyone. I just love listening to this music. It's so happy. Doesn't it make you feel happy? <laughs> it's Dr. Leslie from Quick Health Concepts. Thank you so much for joining me today, coming to you via WCTV. And today I want to discuss, well, this is a health, uh, health forum uh, podcast. So what is something that is really important right now, and that is the coronavirus. So what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to give you a snapshot into what's going on with the coronavirus, the most current updates as far as statistics, and other facets about it, things that you can do for yourself, because the CDC is saying, you know, right now we have 14 confirmed cases in the U.S. We have, I believe, 45 under quarantine that are not necessarily confirmed. But the CDC is saying, be prepared, it's, it's coming. So we're going to see more of it. So I just want to give you that information. And I do want to take a second to say thank you so much for listening. I, you know, in the busyness of our lives, I ended up not being here last month to do my, I try to get here once a month to do the podcast since I started. And I wasn't able to do it last month. It's just life gets busy. We all know, and as everybody else's does. But it was really nice because I was out and I've had a few instances where people have said to me, hey, are you still doing that podcast? I'm listening. And and so I really appreciate it. And I want to say thank you very much for listening. And it's good to know that, you know, I'm putting the information out there and there are actually people listening to this information. So you may not love my voice. I know I don't, but I'm hoping I'm bringing you some good content. So today we're going to discuss the coronavirus specifically. Now, The information that I'm going to give you is specific for, when I say specific, I'm going to start with some statistics. Some of the information that I'm going to give you, this is in my time. By the time you're listening to this, this will most likely change. You know, if you listen to this a month ago, it's obviously the, the numbers are going to be significantly different. So the information that I'm giving you is as of today and last night, because last night was where I got a lot of my information, um, and that was February 26th. Today is February 27th. So take that you know, as is, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, obviously these numbers are going to change. But as of right now, as the information I'm going to be giving to you is as of when I got it last night, the 26th, and with some updates as of today. And most of the information I'm going to give you is coming directly from the CDC, the World Health Organization, um, and anybody else I'll, I'll mention as I go along. So the coronavirus, some statistics. As of when I was looking this up last night, the information that I received was that um, the it had hit 36 countries. Now, this morning, I just saw a notification from the New York Times that it is now 47 countries that the coronavirus has touched upon. So 47 countries, as of my last look last night, there was 78,000 confirmed cases in China, over 100,000 worldwide and it carries a 2% death rate. So even though that might seem small in terms of numbers, it's still significant. So, you know, just something to keep in mind. Uh, The World Health Organization is not yet considered it a pandemic, but it is concerning. And what's interesting is I did, you know, of course, as of that time when I was looking, saying, is it a pandemic yet? No, it's not. But there's really no, uh, there's not a specific, uh, you know, number or anything where they decide. And and they're even looking into, you know, when they're 
if and when they're going to consider this a pandemic. We have not had a pandemic since 2009 swine flu, the H1N1 um, virus back in 2009. And that was the last pandemic that we had that was termed by the World Health Organization. So it is not there yet. It is very possible that it might be, but it is definitely a, an emergency situation and it is an epidemic. So let's talk a little bit about what is the coronavirus. So the coronavirus is a respiratory disease. It is a virus. Now, one thing to know about viruses, if you don't already know this, there is no cure for a virus. You have to let a virus just work its way through your body. What we are trying to do is what we, not me, obviously, but what the science community is really desperately trying to do is find a vaccination for it so that we can control the spread of the virus. The coronavirus is part of a family of viruses that are respiratory diseases, respiratory viruses. They can cause things like fever, respiratory problems, and in some cases, some gastrointestinal issues. Where does the name coronavirus come from? Well, it actually comes from the term coron or corona, which means crown. And it is named coronavirus because of the molecular makeup of the virus. And basically, it has the, the viral particle is contained and surrounded by this crown of sugary proteins, and henceforth it gets its name coronavirus. Something to remember about the coronavirus and any type of respiratory virus. So if anybody remembers the SARS virus, the coronavirus is a SARS virus, and the SARS virus is an acute respiratory syndrome caused by a virus such as the coronavirus. And the last one that we had was recognized back in 2003. And what's interesting about that one was that that one also was traced back to China in 2002 in the, it's called the Guangdong province of China. So as is this one traces back to China, so too did the SARS virus. The SARS virus was identified in 2002. It had 8,000 cases and had a 9.6% death rate that reached 29 countries. So the coronavirus is also a type of SARS virus. It's just a different form. And that was not considered a pandemic. Again, the last pandemic was the H1N1 virus that had 762 million deaths. I'm sorry. No, I take that back. 762 million cases. It had a 0.02% death rate, but that's still equated to 284,000 deaths and reached 214 countries, which obviously is the reason why it was considered a pandemic. So let's talk about some, again, we just discussed some of the information about the coronavirus. One of the first things to remember about the virus is that, you know, one of the first symptoms is fever. It's a respiratory problem, and that's typically how it is spread. So one of the things to remember is, and this is why, you know, you have, you know, when it comes to the United States, the areas that we're going to have to be worried about are cities where people are, you know, like New York City, areas that people are sort of living in close quarters and in close, close proximity to each other versus the country where you've got more fresh air. Um, the respiratory disease that this causes, basically it is spread Initially, it was from an animal, 
which animal they're not sure about, and we'll discuss that just a little bit more. Actually, I might as well just talk about it now. Where they don't know the initial host. What's This is so interesting to me because how they're able to even come close to tracking this down is very – the whole science about it just is so interesting because – where the hell do you, where, you know, where do you go to, where is that starting point? And they don't know that yet. Uh, but basically, they, they're they thinking, I'm hearing different things. Uh, the last one I read was potentially started with, my, <laughs> weeks ago, I'd heard that it was, ch- it was from chickens in a, you know, in a, a farmer's, in a market in, in Wuhan. But they're saying that it potentially came from, well, I guess they, I don't know if they've, sell bats or what, but it potentially came from a bat, possibly via a snake or something called a pangolin. A pangolin is a uh, an anteater, similar to an anteater, I guess I should say. Um, and that's kind of where they're thinking it could have started either one of these areas, but they don't know that exactly as of right now. So that's still, that's still non, um, it's not verified exactly where that came from. But how it spreads is person from, you know, it can spread person to person. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that we do have the first, in the United States at least, we do have the first confirmed case, I believe, in Northern California. And what's concerning to our organizations is the fact that they don't know how this person contracted it. So it's the first time where they can say, this person did not go to China. We don't see there's not a specific kind of loop that there's not a trail back to China for this person. So that is a little concerning, especially because now that could mean that we're seeing, okay, it's person to person. We've lost that kind of track of where that came from. So we do have that first confirmed case as of right now in the United States. How it is spread person to person via respiratory droplets, either coughing, sneezing. One of the things about the coronavirus is you can show symptoms in as little as two days or up to 14 days. You can, you can, uh, it is contagious even when you don't have symptoms, but obviously when you do start to have the symptoms because it is a respiratory virus, when you do have the symptoms, it's more contagious because you're coughing, you're coughing those germs into the air. And if there's somebody, I believe within six feet of you, they can, and, and, and any of the information like this I give you, if I bel- I'm not a thousand percent positive it's six feet, but it was if I'm going back churning, remembering, and I, I think I'd read that it was six feet. If you cough and you know somebody's about six feet away from you, they can catch the virus. So that is why, even though you are contagious when you are you don't show the symptoms, because it's a respiratory type of virus, that is gonna be the most common way for somebody to catch it is if you're coughing. And if somebody, if you're not contagious, sorry, if you're not showing symptoms, but you're in close proximity with somebody and they're breathing on you or, you know, you shake their hand and, you know, you, you touch your face or you touch your nasal passages or your mouth or something like that, you can also get it in that sense. So it's harder to contract when you don't have, when you do not have the symptoms but not impossible, so it is possible. But obviously you're more contagious just because of the fact that you're coughing those germs out into the open. So it is incredibly important for people that 
are quarantined or, you know, if you think you might have have symptoms that you or even when you don't in general if you're coughing cover your mouth wash your hands do the obvious things that help stop the you know stop the spread of disease in general so just that's something to keep in mind and again i just said you know you can see the symptoms as little as two days but it can take up to 14 days other prevention areas okay obviously right now i think people are one of the things you're seeing a lot of are the, the masks, people wearing the masks. Believe it or not, the CDC is saying, well, a couple of things. First of all, they're saying the masks don't work if you're trying not to contract it. Unless you get a really, there are some masks, obviously, that are much pricier that you can get that do work better. But those typical hospital-looking masks that you see, the CDC is saying, it's really not going to help you very much as far as contracting it. So it's I, I don't want to speak for the CDC, but from what they're saying, don't bother. But they are saying that you can wear a mask if you if you're sick, you can wear a mask, and it might help the spread of it. You know, of it going out to spreading to others. So in that sense, it could be helpful. One thing you want to avoid. Don't touch your nose, your eyes, your mouth, especially when you're in contact with other people. That's something that you really want to watch out for. Washing your hands. Think about washing your hands. If you don't have soap and water, use, you know, use the antibacterial gels, whatever they have, but just do a good job washing your hands. And when you're washing your hands, a lot of people don't think about this, but you really want to be washing your hands for about a minute. And you want to be washing not only the palms and the fingers, but between your fingers and then the uh, the other side of the hand, the top of the hand. You want to be washing top, bottom, between. Do a really good job to help kind of control the spread of any any diseases at this time of year or in general that's really just good hygiene in general but especially with this coronavirus coming upon us it's super important as of right now if you don't feel well obviously stay home if you've visited if you have visited china i'm sure that they've already converged upon you right now already but or you have somebody in the family that has Make sure you get yourself checked. It's really important. And then, like I said about the face masks, if you think the face mask is going to help you, unless you get one of these super-duper potty pooper face masks, they're saying it's not going to help you from getting the virus, but it could possibly help you if you have symptoms from spreading it. So that's good to know. So one of the things about the coronavirus that I have found very interesting is, is especially just how this virus and how any type, you know, pandemics or, or these serious types of sicknesses affect us on all levels. So yesterday I had a patient that was talking to me and he said, you know, things you don't even think of. His daughter is studying abroad in, in Italy and uh, an area I know that they've really uh, suffered from um, the contagion and She's had to come home early through, you know, she was supposed to stay through the semester and they had to send her home. And now the father said, I was supposed to be going out there in three weeks. And so obviously they've had to cut that trip short. So it's affecting us in all areas. The China stock market is the fourth, I believe, the fourth largest globally. So you can imagine how that's affecting their stock market and how it's going to globally affect everybody else. Now, what's interesting is what I've been listening to in the news because I've just... 
in our in our climate right now in our administration our government administration i have been on watching every piece of news that i can and trying to keep on top of everything i possibly can anybody who knows me um i i have very strong opinions and anybody who knows me will laugh when they hear that because i don't i don't hide it i know i have very strong opinions but i am uh, i am an independent i am neither republican nor democrat i don't like to be told what to do in any aspect of my life and i sort of kind of walk the line between trying to do good but trying to understand you know hard working and what hard working people and what i've put into helping myself and helping my family so I'm an independent. I'm not a huge fan of this current administration. So I'm really on top of making sure whatever information I have is current and trying to get information out to people that is current. One of the interesting things about what I've been listening to in the news is how China, that they're concerned that China might not even be giving you the full depth of the correct information as to how the coronavirus, I don't know if it's the confirmed cases. I don't know if it's, you know, exactly what information people think they might be hiding, but they're concerned that they might be hiding information because they don't want to further negatively affect their stock market. So I don't know if what the truth is behind that, uh, but it's just, it's an interesting topic in the news. And I, you know, I, I, firmly believe that if you can, you know, be on top of the news, listen to it, because that's just one aspect of it, because that the China economy has a huge effect on everybody globally. And talking about the coronavirus, this has been a huge effect on the stock market. So you may not know anybody with the virus yet, but if you have stocks in the stock market, there's a good chance that, you know, you have Hopefully you just hold on to things for a while because don't let it don't let it get you scared to sell because you just want to sit this one through. And that's my own personal advice. I'm not obviously I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, one of the things that has happened with this global, you know, economic effect is that the stock market is plummeting and we are seeing that that piece of it as well. Another area, too, is obviously in our own politics. I was watching a, a news conference yesterday, and it was very interesting because you had uh, the Health and Human Service Director, I think his name is Azar, you had CDC, you had uh, Trump, and a few days ago I was watching the news and Azar had said, no, no, there's not going to be, one of the questions put forth to him was, is there going to be a, you know, czar who's going to be in charge of this virus you know, trying to be ready for it in the United States. And Azar said, no, no, I don't see that happening. Well, in the press conference yesterday, Trump decided, well, yes, there is going to be somebody, and that's going to be Mike Pence. So he's put Mike Pence in charge of that, and I believe Azar didn't even know that until the press conference, lo and behold. So, uh, you know, as this Pen Mike Pence, our vice president, is going to be in charge of trying to help us get ready for this so what was also interesting in the news conference was that Trump had said there were 14 confirmed cases. He seems to think that it's going to go away in April when the weather gets warmer. will be interesting to see what happens with that. He said that the other day. Uh, he thinks it's going to kind of go away in April. 
but then he also said in the the uh, the meeting yesterday that there were 14 confirmed cases. He expects that to go down to one, maybe zero. And then as soon as the other person got up, I think it was uh, the CDC representative. I can't, I'm not sure if, if that was the head of the CDC. I believe it was. And she said, basically, in the next sentence, no, expect more. So I don't think that President Trump is giving us the correct information. I believe that from our health experts at the CDC, the World Health Organization, the health and director of health and human services, that we're going to expect to see more cases and not less. So obviously it's affecting us in all different areas. The biggest thing I'm hoping for is that, you know, they're trying to put emergency money aside. And of course, everything has to become a political issue, whether we have enough to work on this. You know, the critics are saying we are not ready for this. We have downplayed this so much so that we don't have a readiness plan. And so I'm hoping that they're wrong and I'm hoping that we do have a plan and I'm hoping that Mike Pence can really put that together. My concern is that with I, all the changes that we've had, the turnover in our in our health er, area of the government, that we are going to be left very vulnerable. And that is definitely a concern for me as a citizen, and I would think for other people as well. But I'm hoping that we can come together and put forth what we need to be ready I know that there is, you know, this, the labs are out there. They are really doing, the, there are companies out there. I know one's in Cambridge. I was hearing about one called, oh, I'm going to bastardize this name, Moderna, I think, uh, and Gilead. And one of them is out of Cambridge. They are really working vi- viciously at trying to get us uh, a vaccination. I know that there's a company that, has just put out, you know, trying to in two minutes you can figure out if you have the coronavirus instead of waiting for symptoms, which will be super helpful, obviously. But a lot of these things are, you know, they're ongoing and they're working at diligently to try to get these things. And I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to be in by the time that the United States. Uh, you know, the CDC thinks that we're going to be getting this. They don't know when, but they just say it's going to happen, that we will be ready for that. And I'm hoping that this does not become a pandemic. One of the, just to kind of finish off, I, I downloaded this information and I've already kind of put out some of that information to you about some of the the SARS virus and the H1N1, the, which was the last pandemic in 2009. But just a couple of other tidbits. I didn't even realize the Ebola virus was first identified in 1976. That actually had a fatality rate of 40% with 33,000 cases. And these numbers, I'm just giving you rounded numbers. I'm not, I'm not giving you the full number. But they had over 33,000 cases with a fatality rate of 40%, and that reached nine countries. The H5N1 bird flu was identified in 1997. That only had 861 cases, but it had a 53% death rate, and it hit 18 countries. The SARS virus, which is another type of virus like our coronavirus is, that was identified in, I should say, the coronavirus that we're experiencing now is another type of SARS virus. 
but what we knew of as SARS at the time was identified in 2002, and it had 8,000 cases and a 9.6% death rate that hit 29 countries. We've already, we've already way circum, circum um, have gone over that number of the 8,000 cases with over 100,000 cases right now in 47 countries, at least according to the New York Times report that I heard this morning. And the CDC had said, I believe, yes, as of yesterday, it was 36. Tomorrow, this morning, I was reading 47. So also the H1N1, the one that I talked about before a few minutes back, that was identified in 2009 with staggering 762 million cases and 284,000 deaths of a 0.02%, and it had reached 214 countries. This so far has reached 47 and the H7N9 bird flu, which was identified 2013, had a 39% death rate, had 1,500 cases. And then ours right now, so that's the latest. The, actually, it was interesting because as I was going through, I was reading about the very first pandemic. And that one I know well because it was a time that chiropractic started becoming a little bit more well-known. And when I say well-known, you know, in in comparison to now, but that's kind of where it got its big start was during the Spanish flu outbreak of 1918. And during that pandemic, there was over 500 million cases and one third the population succumbed to the Spanish flu. So just some information about that. And the reason why I know about that one is because chiropractic in areas where people were undergoing chiropractic care, they were finding that there were less, less death rates in those areas. So that's something that that's why I know a little bit more about the Spanish flu is because of its relationship with uh, how chiropractic can help immunity in that area. But so I just want I hope I got as much information as I could out to you in a relatively short amount of time, you know, and I'm hoping that we are the United States and, you know, my prayers go out to those who have this, who have been diagnosed. I hope that we can stop the spread of this. And I hope that the United States is ready for it when the time comes and it's going to come. So be ready. Things that you, again, everybody wash your hands, cover your mouth, uh, you know, and I would just say start, you know, start the smart things. Try to control your sugar intake because sugar decreases immunity. And if it's going to come to the U.S., we need to be prepared as possible. So just something to remember. I hope we're prepared and I'm thanking you very much for listening today and joining me. And I will see you, and well, I shouldn't say see you. I hope to hear you and hope that you're listening to me next time. Have a great day.